0: Marvelites, you are listening to Marvel's The Pull List for new comics out August 22nd, 2018. I'm Ryan, aka Agent M. And I'm Tucker Marcus. We did it, Tucker. Woof. Finally, here it is, the final episode of Marvel's Aww. The Pull. Po- we- nope, my producer's and telling us. All we've
1: got to- it. No, we no, it. No, no. Yep. Anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, so that's how we're opening up this episode. I'm very excited. Tomorrow, I go off. To the wilds of Seattle. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out Mopop. So um Are you
1: gonna visit the Space Needle? Probably. Oh maybe very take in a cool.
0: Seattle Mariners game. Hmm. Go visit uh, I don't what else do they have there? get up
1: into hijinks with your with your young son while you're on the early nineties dating scene? While without getting sleep the whole time, you know what I'm saying? You live in a house by the water? Singles? Sleepless. See, Sleepless. Is, see, these, these are the last a, one in
0: the room to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love me some some Tommy Hanks, but yeah. I, I, don't, wow. I don't know that movie that's all very right. well. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I think we should dive into <laughs> new comics, because this is the show where we talk about all the new comics out every week, all the print issues, talk about the collections, and new stuff that's hitting Marvel Unlimited and the Marvel Comics app. But first up, new this week is amazing Spider-Man number Four is written by Nick Spencer, art by Ryan Otley, Cliff Rathburn, and Laura Martin, with letters by Joe Caramagna. And this is part four of Back to Basics. I love when a book brings back a character I have very little history with. And who is in this issue? Why, it's Mendel Strom, of course.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you when I read that. I was like, it was clear that this is a, a kind of a deep reference, and deep. I was I was really curious to hear your your history with him.
0: Uh, almost. Zero, uh, but is that, it's great because this, there's an, actually a perfect amount of history presented in the issue that gives a ton of backstory that you need to fully understand why the character's here. But I also had to point out that he has one of my favorite codenames, Robot Master.
1: It's, like, <laughs> it's really cool.
0: You know, is he the master of the robots? Is like he's I, I don't I want to know more. <laughs> like, it's interesting. He's got a cool design. He's had a couple different iterations, but here. He's kind of used as a, a bit of a joke, but it's fun. It's a, it's a fun book, Tucker. Yeah, I, uh,
1: this, this issue made me laugh so much. There are so many little notes that you just know Nick Spencer had, like, as a little aside in his script. Like, when he visits the lab, Peter visits the lab at school, and there's, like, an update on the mice. And there's wow. all situation the mice and the mice side. There's like a woman there holding a candle, <laughs> like an individual. Uh, I want to know that. if that
0: was Ryan or if that was Nick. I know. I know.
1: No. I, I always wonder those things. But there, throughout this entire issue, there were so many like great little like tonally perfect jokes. And it, it was just so much fun.
0: Yeah. it. it there's a lot of balancing between the heart and the action and the drama and then the fun. Uh, but next issue, I foresee big action.
1: Ooh. And big action was here this week with Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This is The Avengers number six. It's by Jason Aaron, Ed McGuinness, and Paco Medina with inks by Mark Morales and Juan Velasco and colors by David Curiel. This has been a really, really fun series because it's been simmering for a while. You know, the team has kind of up to this point yet to fully assemble and we finally see it happen. The Avengers are together for real And maybe I mean that literally Mm. Mm. really, really fun, really interesting, super different stuff happening in this issue. I just love this team dynamic. It is a kind of riff on the super classic lineup of Avengers and the way that these these characters all meld together, the way that Jason Aaron captures their voices while also having this this just really wonderful huge narrator's voice to go over top of the whole thing it's like it's just so satisfying now that we're finally here
0: yeah and this book has everything puking making out squishing <laughs> bugs bleeding blades uh howling man things you just and the scale is so massive it's yeah. just it's a blast. So good. Uh, Black Panther, number three, is our next book. And uh, this is done by Tanahasi Coates on the writing side with Daniel Acuna on art lettering by Joe Sabino. There's a moment in here where T'Challa notices ships coming in to the Maroons' base. And it's their own ships, but... They're holding enemies and uh, watching this. It totally reminded me of the 1986 animated Transformers movie when Megatron <laughs> and the Decepticons hijack the Autobots heading to Earth and assault Autobot City. That is my reference point for all of life, <laughs> forever. That is one of my movies. That's one of my go-to's. Oh yeah. When I'm sick when I just need something to to get me going. So seeing that here, it was so good. But then you get this moment that is, you have the Empire coming down on the Maroons and it's brutal, but it's Gorgeous! Acuna's colors mm-hmm. and his textures are wild. They're incredible. The big splash page in the middle of the issue has lasers and smoke and bodies everywhere. It's it's just incredible. I, I know we talk about Daniel Acuna and how he's just you know this one artist who handles everything, but that singular. Vision to completion is so potent and it means so much, especially when you pair him with someone like ta who's giving this gravitas and the weight, but also like humor and heart and little bits and pieces here and there that this giant tapestry feels much bigger than the pieces.
1: A note that I had about Daniel Cunha's art was I feel like the technology and the, the, the future quality and the way that it is all realized here. I feel like it could be so easily, it could feel not super real. It could just feel like an affectation. But the way that Daniel does it, it feels so real, feels so lived in. It feels so natural, uh, as opposed to just kind of a screen or just a mask Mm. put on everything. It feels so right, just kind of all the way through, down through its depths. uh, And it's so good. I also want to say, what a cover for that issue.
0: Is it uh, in Hickley, I believe? It is. is. There's... He's an amazing artist. He's doing some upcoming stuff, which I'm very excited when we can finally talk about
1: that. Nice. Uh, Next book is my pick of the week. It is Daredevil number six- it's written by Charles Soule with art by Phil Noto and letters by Clayton Cowles. I was actually recently just told that the last time Daredevil issue was out, issue 606, I picked that one as well. Look at you. I don't remember that. In the tank for Big Soul. <laughs> uh, How are you going to do that, yeah, buddy? Uh, yeah, I've been bought and paid for. It's that lawyer money he's got. it's <laughs> all yeah, that he's lawyer throwing money. it at you. Uh, I loved this issue so much. This uh, At the end of the last issue, we saw Mike Murdoch. Uh, Which was explained really, really well in the first couple of pages, kind of way back in Daredevil history, how Matt Murdock used to assume this other identity, Mike Murdock, to kind of help him, like, kind of obfuscate his true identity in Daredevil and things like that. It seems really campy and really fun. What a simpler time the world was (laughs) back
0: then. Also, like, I don't know, maybe I, I just forget sometimes how much I know and, like, live in comics that when I would tell people, oh yeah, Mike Burdock come back or I posted a picture of this and someone's like twin brother. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Not everybody knows this insane story. Yeah, Yeah. And that it like has all this history.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Charles does a great job of, of just, of giving you the, the crucial points right off the bat. And then throughout, there's so much, fun action. I also want to say Phil Noto, one of my favorite oh my artists. He's just a monster. He does. It's so, disgusting. It's insane. It's,
0: it should be illegal what he's doing because <laughs> it it's is, so incredible. It
1: is so, so incredible. There's a scene in the bar with no name where Matt is essentially confronting Mike Murdoch because he doesn't know who this guy is. And then uh, a group of uh, villains show up.
0: They're definitely villains. I mean, you've got, <laughs> who you got in there? Is it Paste Pot Pete? Uh, uh trapster
1: trapster uh, yeah which is uh, also
0: his uh, he also has gone by the wonderful moniker <laughs> of paste pot pete uh yeah you got white rabbit in white there rabbit, who yep. else is over there uh overdrive uh, yeah over oh, poor overdrive yeah. he's just such a schnook yeah and then uh speed demon
1: no what's yes his name? yes yeah, speed right? demon. Yeah, yeah they show up it's really funny they just walk in and they one of them says hey is that daredevil and then and this one says yeah all by himself Let's kill him. (laughs) And the bartender (laughs) who's there, who like realizes there's a superhero in his bar and has previously asked him to leave because he knows something like this is happening. He's like, Oh hell. Uh, And he always has to deal with the fight to ensue. It is so funny. There's so many good beats. Uh, And then there's a really, really great scene where in really to try and get inside of this, you know, supposed Mike Murdoch's mind, Frank McGee and daredevil call Sterilon the best uh, telepath prime of the inhumans. This scene just made me laugh so much. They essentially ask him to look inside the mind of this guy to see if he's actually telling the truth, and he says, "Yeah, he actually believes this. He believes that he's Mike Murdoch." So, I just thought this was a great, like, bouncy ride all the way through. It's so much fun. It just felt like, you know, just really great balance of so many different elements: comedy and and uh, the action, and this this really fun little side narrative that we're going on with with uh, with Mike Murdoch. It just so so much fun to read.
0: Next up is Hunt for Wolverine Mystery and Madripoor, number four. This is written by Jim Zub, art by Tony Silas with Leonard Kirk, Felipe Sobleto with Andrew Crossley on colors and Joe Sabino on the letters. And there's there's a big status quo change for a fan favorite ex-character in this issue. And it is a change that sort of brings them back to a place where they used to be. I don't want to give anything away because, one, I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's something that I think... Uh, if you're an X-Men fan, you should be reading this story because it, it's it's fun. It's got you great great X-Men characters. They're in Madripoor, which is always one of the, the coolest places to be in the Marvel Universe. But I'm sure we'll be getting this addressed a little bit more in uh, Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends. And when we get to that, I will provide more context for this. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this issue, the Madripoor adventure wraps up with even more mystery. and We're so close to the old Wolverine. We ain't there yet, though.
1: Next up is another pick of the week. This is Jamie's pick of the week. It's The Life of Captain Marvel, number two. It's written by Margaret Stoll. And with an just crazy art team, here we go. Pencils of the present day uh, action here are by Carlos Pacheco uh, with inks by Raphael Fonteriz and Colors by Marcio Meniz. And the flashback is all covered by the incredible Marguerite Savage. It is so, so good. It blends so perfectly. And letters are done by Clayton Cowles. Speaking of balancing acts uh, with the last issue with Daredevil that I just spoke of, I feel like this is like the ultimate balancing act because there's so much at play here. There is the kind of nostalgic trip home stuff where Carol is talking to old friends. She's visiting town. She's going to the diner. She's reminiscing on a lot of different things. And then there's the really, really intense personal traumatic flashbacks to Carol's, specifically Carol's relationship with her father, her relationship with her family, and how that reverberates through to the present day, how that's still affecting her. And then you have all the superhero business. You have the crazy, alien, wild uh, stuff that's happening, and that is, you know, starting in this issue. It somehow all blends together to work really, really well. Uh, and, um, yeah, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Julian Titino Tedesco on this cover. He's been doing covers for the series and they are all incredible.
0: Yeah, they've got that like Norman Rockwell vibe yes. to them. Yeah. Uh, especially with like the tones of the colors. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, but this issue really clicked for me. Uh, you got Carol's anger and her confusion and frustration. It's so real mm-hmm. and feels so, like, natural. And, like, yeah. you know, you could picture yourself in some of these things. And, like, the whole idea of family secrets and revelations, that is so true. Like, we all have them. I have them. You know, I know in my family there's just – there's stuff there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get to that and you start digging into it, it just – It can bend and break and and do weird things, and I like what it's doing here. Um, I can't wait to read this whole story all at once, because I think it's going to be a really nice volume. Next up is Marvel Superhero Adventures Inferno, number one. Written by Jim McCann, art by Dario Bruzuela, colors by Chris Sotomayor, with letters by Joe Caramagna. I posted a panel from this. On my Instagram stories, and Jim, the writer, was like, "That's my book!" <laughs> that's a very Jim way of saying stuff.
1: That's uh, great.
0: He was so excited. It's just a picture of Spidey eating ice cream. <laughs> I one of my favorite things is Spider Man mask half up eating food. If I ever get a Spider Man tattoo, it might be that. Yeah, I like because it's just something about it. It's so fun. It feels so New York to me because yeah. that's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think of that a lot. Yeah, um, you should
1: get it giant like full back tattoo of yeah. that. Yeah. Of him eating uh, some borscht. I'll do it
0: like his his mouth will be on my shoulder blades and I move yeah. my shoulder blades. Yeah, yeah. It'll it be like he's, he's chewing. chewing. Perfect. It's great. Uh, but these are just the most adorable comics. Uh, Spidey, he's a role model. He's helping kids. He's eating ice cream. He's teaming up with young heroes to give them confidence and advice. It's just adorable, super cute. If you have children or you want to get someone into Marvel Comics, again, this is the book for you.
1: Get them into Marvel Comics and then have them read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, which is out this week with issue number 34. It's written by Brandon Montclair, with art by Natasha Bustos, colors by Tamra Bonvalon and letters by Travis Lanham. I love this device of essentially assert- inserting Wilson Fisk into Lunella's school by way of uh, his newly adopted daughter, Princess. Uh, it just adds this great element of... Kind of like the sinister quality in there. It's so, so good. There's some really great kind of classroom scenes in here uh, where you just, like, you kind of know these kids in a weird way. It's all written with such great familiarity and there, there's just such kind of fondness to the the bickering and the the fights and the the, the playground scenes that happen here. We also get some really funny and, and great stuff with, with Lunell's family, which we don't get too often, but mm. when we do, I always love it. I like um, meeting your grandparents. Yeah, it is really great uh, and it adds to uh, everyone's kind of, I think, universal love for or Lunella Lafayette. And uh yeah, another great entry to the series.
0: I, I just want to make sure to remind you all that Natasha Bustos and Tamar Bon are dope. The art here's just got that those old school clean lines and really solid, smart storytelling, but with new school like details and quirkiness that really gives the book such a definitive tone and look and, mm-hmm. and consistent is the thing that I would say here. You know, Ray Anthony Haidt, when he comes on, he, he works in that style. But this is Natasha's book with, with Tom Wright. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, number two, is up next. And dang it, they did it again. <laughs> How did they <I> do it? <laughs> Kelly Thompson is the writer with artist Oscar Bazaldua, with colorist Frank Darmada and letters by Travis Lanham. But man, they make me absolutely love a comic featuring Gambit. that rapscallion it helps that Kelly writes a fantastic Deadpool and her Wade is just such a fun chaos agent Mm -hmm. in the middle of Gambit and Rogue and in the middle of their honeymoon you know like Deadpool makes Gambit extremely annoyed and exasperated he pushes Rogue to her limits and beyond in some ways Uh, and it's just damn funny Tucker I don't know if you're familiar with this movie Romancing the Stone
1: no I'm not I, I mean I know of it but I'm not.
0: This, this book gives me big Romancing the Stone, and there's, a, there's another movie, Jewel of the Nile, and the two of them together, it's so fun. You've got like this mix of action, adventure, romance, and humor done in a really fun way. It's like two people who are into each other, and then there's other person, and it's chaos, and they're getting in all kinds of chaos and, and wonderful stuff. So good in this issue, and this was nearly one of my picks, but we'll get to those in a little bit.
1: Uh, Next up is Old Man Hawkeye, number eight. This is, all right, you ready for titles? You like titles? I got three of them for you. (laughs) Old Man Hawkeye, An Eye for an Eye, part eight, Slings and Arrows. What? Yeah. Ethan
0: Uh, is getting paid by the title. (laughs) I got to get advice from him. That's how you
1: do. Smart guy. Uh, It is written by Ethan Sachs with art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Andres Mosa, and Letters by Joe Caramagna. Uh, the last issue was a crazy flashback that allowed us to witness the death of the Avengers and so many different X-Men, essentially the fall of the superheroes. This one, we come back to the present and we continue on our journey with Clint and with Kate Bishop, who has joined him reluctantly on this journey. This has like a great Western feel to it, this issue specifically. They I kind think of... they're even wearing ponchos. Yeah. One of them is at least yeah. wearing a poncho. Uh, and that's Western if you ask I mean, me. Seriously. You know what? While we're on the subject... Look, we're gonna get there real quick, Star Wars. But that reminded me, literally, maybe one of my top five favorite things about Star Wars is the ponchos. I went to Star Wars Celebration last year when they were previewing everything for Last Jedi. They showed some like preview images. I was at the panel, and one of them was Rey on the island wearing her poncho. It's the first time we've seen her in that poncho, and I started crying. Because I leaned over to my friend, I was like she has a poncho <laughs> uh anyway, uh Western influences across the board and we see it here in old man Hawkeye there's they like roll into a ghost town there's some great stuff with like this really twisted old man Hawkeye you know future version of. The Winter Soldier, uh, which is brutal and uh, really, really intense. There's a great uh, fight scene that goes down there. Of course, with the release of every new issue of Old Man Hawkeye, I talked to Ethan Sachs on Marvel.com reviewing the previous issue, so this won't be one to miss as he breaks down how and why and the ways that he conspired to kill all of our beloved heroes uh, in issue number 7. Check it out uh, on Marvel.com right now.
0: I recently rewatched Kill Bill one and two again, which I love.
1: Man, we could do an entire podcast.
0: Let's just do this weekend, oh, Kill Bill. Come on! Uh, but there, you know, the, the idea of this one person left alive after a massacre, and then them going back and getting revenge mm-hmm. against the people who left them there. Yeah, that's what Hawkeye's yeah, doing, and yeah. it's really interesting. And it's like, you know, watching him go through his list and getting to like where he has to go. Mm-hmm is wild because we know the ending of this story. We know what's going to happen. We know Clint's alive and he's blind by the time we get to the, the original old man Logan story. Mm -hmm. So this is filling in, you know, things we don't know. and It's so good. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Up next is another old man book. It's old man Logan. Number 46. This is written by Ed Brisson, art by Damien Cusiero, colors by Carlos Lopez and letters by Corey Petit. Um, so, you know, we have that the gnarly cat and mouse vindictive psycho fury fight of the last couple of issues with, you know, Old Man Logan and Bullseye. We get to calm down here mm-hmm. with a nasty alien plant horror movie vibe. It's gross. I am super excited for Dead Man Logan, which is going to be mm-hmm. sort of the Logan swan song, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's about a month away. We've got to get through this story. And I sure hope all of Alpha Flight survives. Yeah, it, it makes me happy to have Ed though, a, a Canadian man telling the story because you get authentic details, such as Puck being a fan of a candy bar called Coffee Crunch, which is, I imagine, the Marvel Universe version of Coffee Crisp, which is a wonderful Canadian candy bar. Ask Mr. Dan Slot; He will tell you everything <laughs> you need to know about UK and Canadian candy.
1: Wow. Yeah. You know what? It's... I. I recently just found out in the in the ground floor of our building here at Marvel HQ, they have all-dressed chips down there. What's that? Oh, boy. Uh, the Canadian listeners will tell you all you need to know. It is Canada's favorite chip flavor. Think like barbecue, but like more zing, less sweet. Okay. You know? Okay. But I loved the puck and Wolverine scenes. So good, book. right? Yeah.
0: Ugh. Oh, that it is—it like breaks your heart, and they're such good friends, and I love that dynamic. We don't see it enough. Man, it's so good. And just a, a quick translation note for any of our listeners: when we say chips, we mean crisps. Yes, as well. Of course. So
1: just just so you know, we're all on the same page. Here. Now they understand. Yeah. Uh Next up is a new number one. This is Punisher number one. Bow bow. Oh yeah, this. It's one of your picks of the week, right? It sure
0: is. Uh, man, well, one of the things that I thought was interesting, you know, we have the news about Uncanny X-Men, written by Kelly Thompson, Ed Brisson, and Matt Rosenberg. All three writers have books this week. Mm, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one, man, what do I talk about first? You got Mandarin or Begalia, Punisher's War Against Hydra. This issue is so packed with history, yet become so incredibly easy to dive into. I think that's such an important thing in this day and age where we have hundreds of issues of characters and you're bringing in all these things, but it's so accessible to someone who maybe isn't reading, hasn't been reading Punisher for a while. Um, one of my favorite things about this is Punisher speaks like five words in this issue. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nuts. Uh, it, the first half is like, it's like Jaws. You don't really see the shark yeah. for most of it. And then when you do, it's like a nightmare. It is like, oh god, everybody's dying. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's cool. That's the that's the Punisher is the shark. I think Punisher though he should never really be talkative. I don't want a talkative Frank. He's not quippy. Yeah, uh, and that what's that's what makes him work so well because he's just plowing through people, and you don't get anything from him. There's just like it makes him so scary. There's uh this moment where we really haven't seen him. We've gotten a little glimpse of him, and then we finally get to this. Full page splash, There's bullet shells everywhere. It is fire and fury and a grimace on Frank's face. And it is gorgeous. Who's the creative team on this book?
1: Creative team, of course, it's written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Zimone Kudransky, colors by Antonio Fabella, and letters by Corey Petit. Yeah. So you've got this beautiful full page
0: splash by Simone And then the next two pages are these two nine panel grids of just mayhem. There's one panel. Of the Punisher, standing over a dead body with blood dripping from his hands, hands at his sides, looking straight into camera. It is monstrous. Uh, I know Matt's a friend of mine, and I know it's still early, but for my money, especially with the, the previous run that he just finished up, Matt's getting up there with your Garth Ennis' and your Jason Aaron's when it comes to Punisher runs. It's so good. All right, uh, next book is Century Number 3, and uh, this is definitely my favorite issue of the run so far. It is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Kim Jacinto and Joshua Casaro, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by Travis Lanham. Uh, Bob Reynolds is such a milquetoast character. I think that's part of what like, I don't love about the Century and what like, is part of the point, Yeah, is Bob is, you're just like, oh, Bob's <laughs> the worst. He's so boring. You know, it's like you put some spectacles on him, send him into a newsroom, and you're just like, I hate this guy. <laughs> uh, but here we're getting the side of Billy, who is Scout, and that's where the action is in this story. We're getting his side of things, his feelings, his plans. It's it's wrought with history and passion. Uh, I mean, He's a nightmare. He's a terrible thing. And we're seeing that really come full force. And I think that's what Jeff's doing is really twisting that a lot. It, it, but it's it's great to see. Uh, Kim's art in this issue has this dirty, crunchy, greasy feeling to it. Every scene with Cranio just makes you feel dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a terrific issue.
1: Next up, Oh Yeah!, Here we go. It's Star Wars Darth Vader number 20, written by Charles Soule, who, of course, as we have established, is paying me the big bucks to give him positive reviews. With layouts by Giuseppe Camicoli, finishes by Danielle Orlandini, colors by Dono Sanchez-Almara and Eric Arseniega, and letters by Travis Lanham. There is... a really cool like never seen something like this uh fight scene in this issue as Vader is essentially hunting down a few of the inquisitors like in the skies above above Coruscant it's kind of like a kind of like a chase scene but like he's standing up on the speeder he's on it's really really cool <laughs> there's uh, that
0: one scene of like the the troopers they're driving the the speeder fl- it's it's flying through Coruscant and he's just standing yeah. on the back of it just like what are you doing, yeah. guy? Yeah,
1: I mean, it is so Vader because I mean, that's something we we know and that has been kind of dropped in in in, in little moments um, you know, throughout Star Wars history. Is he he does love the drama. He loves to to keep up the appearance and to kind of play the part. Uh and he does such a good job at it. That is a great scene. And then there's some really really fantastic dialogue that goes down between the Emperor and between Vader. Uh, There's a really, really interesting part where the Emperor is sending Vader on his next mission, and this is where we're going to go. And he talks about Bail Organa, he talks about Alderaan, and we're like, ooh, oh wow, interesting, that's going to be so cool. And then Vader says, no, I need, you know what I need? I need a planet. He says, no, I'm not doing that mission, maybe later, I need a planet. And so that's where we're going next. This is where uh, the name of this story arc is sourced from. It's called Fortress Vader, and uh, we're going off to Mustafar next. And uh, continuing you know, to unearth the history of Darth Vader in these ways and, and how these certain facets of him and his life came to be, uh, always so fascinating.
0: Yeah. I want to give a subtitle to this, maybe this arc, but at least this issue, Vader versus Love. Because yeah. he just hates love. Yeah. Uh, he throws like a flaming speeder onto a couple that's picnicking. Yeah. And they're just like, I love you, sweetie. And I was <laughs> like, I love you too. And they it's just yeah. intense. Next book is Star Wars Doctor Aphra number 23. This is written by Sy Spurrier, Kev Walker on pencils, Mark Deering on inks, Java Tartaglia on colors. And uh, it's got Travis Lanham on letters. Uh, there's an Indiana Jones joke. Here yes in in that like early in the book that tickled me pink
1: yeah I, I saw it too yeah I was
0: hoping you would get it it was really good but anyway Afra kind of the worst yeah you know, she's, yeah she's kind of the worst but also you feel for her yeah there's a line in here uh which one of my favorite lines of the week where uh Sana solo she says I get it you didn't ask to be born awful and it's just <laughs> it's such a pointed thing and it's meant Not fully in a mean way, just sort of like this is who you are, you're the worst. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, it's brutal though. Uh, and then Afra, she keeps making terrible decisions and hurting the people she's like into or friends with or has some connection to. It's such a rough road, uh, but everything is coming together. Uh, I feel like it's in the next couple of issues, you got the droids, the hero bounty hunter, a certain big bad, her Mm -hmm. relationships. It's a lot of fun.
1: Next up. Get ready, nerds. You've been waiting for it. It is Venom number five, written by Donny Cates, with pencils by Ryan Segman, inks by J.P. Meyer, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Donny's just doing some fascinating things with the symbiote and how it relates to Eddie, how it relates to itself, uh, how it's kind of really becoming a-, a fleshed-out character more and more and more in and of itself. I- I'm really loving how that feels and specifically how that there's a specific scene I'm thinking of in this issue where, you know, we take a what feels like a, a really fascinating step forward uh, in the evolution of Donnie and Ryan and their um, embodiment of, of Venom. But I love that the threat of Null, even though he's not in this book, is still there. It's kind of inescapable and you just can feel Eddie kind of panicking and trying to run away or trying to, think of something to do to get a handle on this uh on this thing that has kind of crashed into his life there's you know as we've come to expect with uh, this series some just insane unbelievable art uh i think two pages in or something there's uh, just a ridiculous mind-blowing splash page of venom with wings uh, kind it's of dope. flying so over the city. Uh, it's like poster worthy. It feels like a movie. It feels like you're just diving into this world and just you can like look around 360 degrees and you feel like you're there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I like that last issue. We had all these big revelations for the Marvel Universe, but this issue is about the big revelations for Eddie, the Venom symbiote and what's to come. And this great line. I love this line. It was either Eddie or the symbiote, but it's sort of they're both mm-hmm. saying this. Quote, We may not be able to throw lightning, but we can damn sure bring the thunder. (laughs) I was just like, yeah. Yeah. That's like an 80s action movie right there. Yeah, "Yeah, let's go. All right. Next book is Wakanda Forever Avengers. Number one. Uh, This is written by Nettie Okorafor with. Art by Oleg Okunev and colors by Eric Arcinego with letters by Joe Sabino. This is kind of a big deal of a story for many Black Panther readers. Um, it manages to be both a happy and a sad ending in what it finishes with, but it ties to Christopher Priest's run. It connects to things that are that have been going on in Tana run. But it was I was when it got to a, a certain point in the issue, I was like, "Huh, I, I'm glad we actually." We moved uh, a big plot character beat forward, uh, which I was not expecting out of this. I thought this was just going to be an awesome story, but it has lasting effects for some of the characters. I really like Nettie's X-Men, her dialogue for Rogue and Nightcrawler, so good. Mm -hmm. Like Now, reading this issue, I want her writing... X-Men. I want to see more of that. Uh, And of course, her Dora. They're terrific. Uh, I want to give a bonus to artist Oleg Okunev, who there's a scene of all the characters planning how to defeat the Mimic, and just the way he like positions people, he sets them up, there's just a familiarity to some, sort of standoffish to others. He has Io and Anika, their arms around each other, at ease. It's just really great acting of the scene, Mm -hmm. and the artist has to put that together, and it was really well done.
1: Yeah, uh, another... Much anticipated issue is on the way with West Coast Avengers number one. It's another one of my picks of the week. Yeah. This is written by Kelly Thompson with art by Stefano Caselli. Colors by Triona Farrell and letters by Joe Caramagna.
0: All hell, my new favorite comic.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I got reasons. I've got seven reasons. One It is dense. It is packed with story and characters and dialogue and fun and humor and heart and romance. Romance? Romance.
1: Romance. Oh, is that Gambit? (laughs) Dang it. Romance.
0: And action and weirdness. Uh, It's two. It is beyond gorgeous. Stevano's line work is a tiny bit thinner here than some of his other books. Uh, If you look at him, he can do really thick lines. It works really, really well. It's a little bit thinner here and a little more refined than some of his other books, and it is delightful. Three, there's smooching. You know I love a good smooch in a comic book. Four, it has one of the best last pages of recent times that I can think
1: of. I couldn't believe it was real. Right? I could not believe it. I was like, I can't believe that was in a comic.
0: (laughs) Me? It was... (laughs) feel like it was for me and Ed Brisson. Yeah. I feel like it. All right. Five, land sharks. Yeah. Land sharks. <laughs> Six, there's a recruitment montage that is such a fun thing to do of Kate Bishop finding her team. And she they, we get like three or four pages of her doing interviews with various West Coast quote-unquote heroes. And it's so good. Seven. We get more Kate Bishop and her friends and Big Fun written by Kelly Thompson. And that is by far the best reason for this book. Next book is X-Men Gold, number 34. My favorite part of this issue was the Kitty and the Iliana scene. Oh, man. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I love when the two of them talk. Their friendship, it runs so deep it's just so great to see. But uh, this one is done, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Michele Bandini, colors by Eric Arseniega, and letters by Corey Petit. You know, in our recent talk on annuals on TWIM, I did not talk enough about Asgardian Wars. It's the story in which Storm got her Asgardian hammer, but I loved seeing how that ties into this issue, and I am very keen to see how this story ends up.
1: Another X-Men story on the way this week with X-Men Red number 7, it's written by Tom Taylor, with art by Carmen Carnero, colors by Rain Barreto, and letters by Corey Petit. I want to give a special quick shout out to Jenny Frizen. Oh, man. The, just a gorgeous cover. Oof. Oh, man. Loved it so, so much. Just that, ugh, her storm yeah. is incredible. So, so good. Uh, this is a great, super dramatic conclusion to this storyline. There's some awesome underwater namor fight action which is so cool and it just feels huge you can you can feel the the kind of symphonic score behind it all as uh, this kind of underwater action takes place and then there's action above the skies and there's there's so much going on all the way throughout i also really get the feeling in this issue in particular that X-Men Red squad really felt like a team in this book and they're kind of imperfect and they have a lot of difficulties that they go through, but they just kind of work. It just kind of all works uh, at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, the X-Men Red team is on the run again. Uh, no more tranquility in uh, Atlantis for them. They're off uh, against, uh, you know, mutant hate in, uh, you know, somewhere else, I guess.
0: Cassandra Nova. She's a jerk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I want to just make sure to note that Teen Abomination is the character that shows up and attacks the X Men underwater. He was first introduced in Superior Iron Man a few years back, also written by Tom Taylor.
1: Wow. Oh, the Taylor verse. The
0: Taylor verse. Uh, but <laughs> we've got collections to talk
1: about. Collections on sale this week include Avengers Back to Basics, Cloak and Dagger, Predator and Prey, Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, The Complete Collection, Volume 1. Gotta have one. it if you've never read it, gotta have it if you've never read it. Get in that Fantastic Four mood, continuing with Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comics magazine, Hulk by Mark Wade and Jerry Duggan, The Complete Collection, Lockjaw, Who's a Good Boy, Marvel Comics starring The Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 2. Venom, Along Came a Spider, Venom: Dark Origin, and Warlock Second Coming.
0: Warlock, super cool, written by Greg Pak, a bunch of years ago. Nice. I would highly suggest you check that out. Lockjaw, who's a good boy, of course, really, really good. Uh, we're gonna have Daniel Kibblesmith on the show soon, just talking about all kinds of things. Uh, I did want to make a note, also, that Destroyer by Robert Kirkman is also out in trade this week. It is not on the Marvel Comics app, but it is available as a collection on the Comicsology app. Also on the Marvel app, some of the issues that encompass a bunch of our collections this week. We've got uh, some digital collections hitting the Marvel app that haven't been there before. The Sensational She-Hulk by John Byrne is, uh, is pretty fun if you've never checked out those. On freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, two of the Hercules Prince of Power Limited series. Tucker, I feel like you would love Hercules, Prince of Power, especially the first one. All right. It is funny. It's quirky. It's like just a a different kind of Hercules story uh, and done at a time where he wasn't really being used a ton. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's great. It's really, really good. It's on Marvel Unlimited now. There's tons and tons of other comics in there. Make sure you check it out. We'll put the full list of comics on Marvel Unlimited, the Marvel app, and all that good stuff in our show notes and on the news story that goes along with this. That's it. Woo. We did it. We did it. Yeah. A reminder to check out This Week in Marvel this week. We've got Sunna and Sarah talking about life of Captain Marvel and all kinds of Carol Danvers, 15th anniversary stuff. And Jamie and I are going to Seattle. Wow. City of Angels to paint the town red and eat hot dogs?
1: Yeah. Sure. Great. (laughs) Terrific.
0: I'm Ryan. And I'm Tucker. This is Marvel. Your universe. Hot dogs.